When darkness seems to end Where are you now When the world is crumbling Oh, I, I, I hear you say This is Moment of Clarity with your hosts, Pastor Rick Dietering and co-hosts Phil Stargell and Ed Bondarenka, and I'm the producer, Derek Stone. And good afternoon, Pastor Rick here. My wife was going to join us today. I'll keep uh, her mother in prayer. She, she hurt her hip, and um, so my wife is taking care of her today. Uh, I had to explain what the injury was so people didn't think that uh, <laughs> she, she, she had... Uh, a disease or something. Folks, I, I always have a good time with my co-hosts here on the air, with Phil and with Ed and, and Derek and my wife. And, and the, doing this show is a lot of fun. But my primary job is not a radio host. My primary job is that of a pastor. And in this world today, as a church, as a church pastor and as a historian, I'm seeing something happen in this world that has never happened in the history of the world before. And that is a worldwide shutdown of places of worship everywhere. Even during the Black Plague, even during other things. Yes, one or two churches were shut down, but people had a place to go for spiritual strength and spiritual hope. And today, our churches are complacent in shutting the churches down. And they're fi- trying to find other ways to reach out. They're trying to be helpful for their congregation's health. I understand their concern. But people at times like this, they need spiritual strength. They need a place to go. There is a reason why in the book of Hebrews it says, do not forsake the assembly. The assembly should be the last thing that's being actually mm-hmm. that we wipe out. We need, we need the strength it. of each other. And we're not doing it. And I'm, as a pastor, my job is to feed the flock. That is what I I do. My job is to feed the flock. My job is to take care of my flock. My job is to make sure they they are good. So yes, I understand this social distancing thing to a point. But we are living in fear. And we as Christians should not be living in fear. We have the biggest, strongest God ever. And we're sitting here and saying that this little virus has more power than God. I have people in my congregation that they live in a senior center where they can't go from one room to another to visit each other. They have no way to sit and and fellowship with each other. They are so isolated. They are totally alone, and they feel that way. And we have a whole society out there today that are locking themselves behind doors with no way to socialize with each other. We need to not social distance. Now, before you get mad and start screaming at me, we need to physical distance ourselves, keep a healthy distance between each other, but we need to find ways to communicate each other and to be human with each other. Humans are not meant to live in isolation. You all know my dear friend Max, Pastor Max. He likes to sit there and say, I would love to just to be able to sit up into my room and read my Bible all by myself and do my studies. I don't need anyone around. Even he calls up and says, Rick, when are you going to come and fellowship with me? Folks, we need each other. 
We need to talk to each other. We need to love each other. Pastors, you have a responsibility to get out there and find a way to reach out to your congregation. You need to find a way to feed your sheep. You need to find a way to protect your sheep. You need to find a way to deal with their spiritual health. The government and the medicine and the medical society, they're all taking care of the, the physical help. Pastors, you need to find a way to help deal with the spiritual health of your congregation. That is your job. That is your duty. That is your calling. And if you can't do it, get on your knees and just pray to God for forgiveness that you cannot take on the calling that he gave you because that is your responsibility. I miss my congregation because, unfortunately, my church is in a building where they have control whether I walk through that door or not and have a service. So I will find ways to break down that barrier, whether it be through social media. And um, even that's tough. Last week, we tried to put our church service up on social media, and so many churches decided they were going to take that route that I could not get mine up. It did go up. Mm. I ended up calling and talking to, to every member of my congregation. One way or another, I got in touch with them. Until now, I can't even call one group and have them contact somebody who doesn't have a phone because they're not even allowed to visit each other in the room. We have to find a way to take care of our congregation. And it's something I'm searching for every day. And, and I'm not just talking about the evangelical home or churches. I'm not talking about just the Protestant churches. I know a lot of Roman Catholics right now that feel lost because the one time of the year, the one week in the year that they, they look forward to all week long, they already been told that they will not have their services through Easter week and through Easter Sunday and that they won't have their communion. And to a Roman Catholic, this is huge, not being able to do this. Folks, we are now in a place in this country where our people are spiritually starving. Pastors, you need to step up and find a way to feed them. That's what I have to say about that. So on that note, I want you all to pray with me that as we go through this, that this country can survive spiritually, because I know God's in control, that people find ways to deal with their spiritual health uh, when, when their pastors just can't do it for them or won't. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for this nation. I pray for all those that are in fear of this virus. I pray for all those that are in fear of of running out of supplies. I pray for all those that are living in fear and they have forgotten to turn towards you in times like this, Lord, because we are told to fear not. You tell us, fear not. So, Lord, put it in their heart not to fear, not to worry, not to act out in anger and not to act out in fear, but to act out in love towards each other, in love towards you, and to find comfort in you, Lord. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, I am here with my two dear friends and a very good friend across the double glass, Derek Stone. How's it going, Derek? Well, I'm doing pretty good. So, you know what? I'm not going to allow this to go without being asked. What's happening in curling? Unfortunately, there's nothing going on right now because of coronavirus. <laughs> However, U.S. mixed teams... <laughs> actually did really good uh, against, uh, who were they playing? Uh, I think Norway. Um, they look like Norwegians. <laughs> they won. That's all that's important. Yeah, U.S. Mixed won. 
<laughs> and I actually got uh, my wife to sit down and watch a curling match, and a friend of mine, and he's saying, wow, this is actually interesting. It's like horseshoes on ice. And I said, no, it isn't. It's like bowling on ice. <laughs> no, it isn't. But uh, so there, there, we have, there we have our curling, curling news. I was able to bring it. But since we're talking on sports, and before we get into our shows and our calls, because I have a really exciting show planned that's going to involve a lot of callers, um, let's take care of a moment on sports. Good afternoon and welcome to this moment on sports. My name is Derek Stone. ESPN.com released a bracket of the 64 greatest players in college basketball history earlier this week in honor of March being the time normally when the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament takes place, but unfortunately that was wiped out due to the coronavirus pandemic that is sweeping the nation. But I have decided to take a local angle on this bracket that ESPN.com released on a much smaller scale because the most prominent round of the NCAA men's basketball tournament is the final four. So I have come up with my own list of the top four greatest players in Michigan Wolverines men's basketball history. Starting off with Bill Bunton, who played from 1962 to 1965, he averaged 21.8 points and 13.1 rebounds per game. He made 47% of his shots and 75.2% of his free throws and some of his top performances. First off, March 1st, 19 excuse me, March 21st, 1964 against the Kansas State Wildcats, scored 33 points, made 9 out of 18 shots, 15 out of 17 free throws and grabbed 14 rebounds. March 12th, 1965 against the Dayton Flyers, scored 26 points, made 12 out of 21 shots, and grabbed 11 rebounds. March 19, 1965, against the Princeton Tigers, he scored 22 points on 7 out of 13 shots, 8 out of 10 free throws, and he grabbed 14 rebounds. And the next player on my list is Rudy Tomjanovich, played from 1967 to 1970. He averaged 25.1 points and 14.4 rebounds per game. He made 48.1% of his shots and 68% of his free throws. He's Michigan's all-time leader with 1,039 rebounds. He holds two Chrysler Arena records with 48 points against the Indiana Hoosiers on January 7, 1969, and 27 rebounds against the Kentucky Wildcats on December 2, 1967. He's a two-time Big Ten rebounding leader and a two-time first-team All-Big Ten member. And the next player on my list is Cassie Russell, and Chrysler Arena is known as the house that Cassie built. He played from 1963 to 1966. He averaged 27.1 points per game, which is number one in school history, eight and a half rebounds per game. He made 50 and a half percent of his shots and 82.8 percent of his free throws. He's a three-time first-team All-Big Ten member, two-time consensus first-team All-American, one-time consensus second-team All-American, and he was named 
the player of the year in college basketball by the Associated Press, Helms Foundation, Sporting News, UPI, and USBWA during the 1965-66 season. And a couple of his top performances, March 20th, 1964, against the Duke Blue Devils, scored 31 points. He made 13 out of 19 shots and grabbed 8 rebounds. March 19, 1965, against the Princeton Tigers, scored 28 points on 10 out of 21 shots and grabbed 10 rebounds. And the number one player, in my mind, in Michigan Wolverines men's basketball history, Wolverines fans, I'm sure you can figure this one out. This man gave the greatest performance in NCAA tournament history back in 1989, scoring a tournament record 184 points as the Wolverines won their first and only national championship in school history. That would be the silk-smooth shooting Glenn Rice, played from 1985 to 1989, averaged 18.2 points and 6.4 rebounds per game, made 56.9% of his shots, 48% of his free throws, three-pointers and 79.7% of his free throws. He was a two-time first-team All-Big Ten performer, and he was the 1988-89 Big Ten Player of the Year and also a consensus second-team All-American. And who could forget about his fantastic performance in that 1989 tournament? Want his top-scoring performance from that tournament? against the South Alabama when he scored 36 points on 16 out of 25 shots, three out of seven three-pointers, also grabbed eight rebounds and dished out five assists, and he finished off that tournament against Seton Hall with 31 points on 12 made shots out of 25 attempts. Certainly, those arguably are the four best all-time in Michigan Wolverines basketball history. That's my moment on sports. Pastor Rick, take it away. All right, folks, i got to tell you a story. This morning, I've been going to the grocery store because we were actually almost out of toilet paper at our house. I mean, I'm not part of these people that want to go and hoard, which is part of this story. I go into the grocery store. I get there before it opens. I am the first one at the door. Actually, there's a lady in front of me, and she says, oh, you're out. Uh, you can go ahead of me because I still I have some at home. And so I go in front of her, and, and I, so I'm the first one in line to go into the store. They open the door. I grab a cart. I go in there. People, you would have thought this was a game show on TV. People running like mad tar to get to the toilet paper. Like a land rush, right, with the yeah. Sooners in Nebraska. And I walk up to it, and, and as I get up there, the last package of toilet paper is coming off the shelf and going into the cart. I don't believe this. So the lady looked at and she says, I heard you were almost out. She, so she gave me one, and then the lady who let me go first, she says, well, I've got 70 package of, of, of these packages at home, so you can have one of mine. And so I'm happy. I've Why got 70? She's buying more. She's buying more. Yeah. Uh, and so there I'm happy. Go. I've got two rolls of toilet paper. Which, okay, now I've, I'm set for a couple months, right? Or... I don't know. My wife puts the paper on the roll. I don't know how long it's set for. It's just always there, right? <laughs> but I'm set for a while. I'm leaving, and a guy, and I said, go around the corner. He looks at me, and he says, you got two packages of, of TP, you blank, blank. The last word is... Uh, yeah, like you're a hoarder. Yeah. And... Uh, and I says, I know, right? <laughs> and, said, and he he started going towards my car, and I says, uh-uh. Yeah. No, you, you do You are packing the Hellcat, right? Uh, um, and so, <laughs> and so now my my wife's friend, 
my wife's friend, he he finally they were out. He's got a wife and a kid, and my and, and someone gave him. He finally picked up a, a a package at at Kroger's, and he's taking the bus home. Okay, and he's got this toilet paper sitting next to him. He's an ex marine. All right, this guy starts approaching him, coming at him for his toilet paper. He says, "Don't even think about it," wow. and he keeps coming at him. He says, "You really feeling that froggy?" And the guy then turned around and went and sat down. People are going nuts out there. That's crazy. Just pro tip. Just pro tip. Theron hasn't locked him up in the bathroom here yet. It's a whole shelf full. Uh, um, <laughs> D- Derek caught me going out with three of them last week. And I'm not going to steal anyone's toilet paper. People are going nuts. Last week, some guy tried to hit my car so he could take a parking spot. Whoa. People are going nuts. I mean, I, this is why I think we got to find the churches have got to find a way to help people spiritually because they're they're really going bad. Real quick, Ken's been really patient, and uh, we're going to take a lot of phone calls. Here's what I want to hear from you folks. I want to hear: Are you part of the craziness or are you observing the craziness? Let me know what you're doing to prepare for this pandemic. What you're doing to hoard in your house or what you're seeing out there other people do. Let us know. The number is 734-822-1600. And, uh, yes, I am going to invite Ed and, uh, and Phil into the conversation eventually here also. But let's go to Ken. He's been really passionate. Coffee, Phil? Um, <laughs> how's it going, Ken? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, actually uh, laughing my head off because uh, I was way prepared uh, before this even hit the fan. And so what I've been doing is helping out People that I know who are in trouble mm-hmm. uh, have gone to stores and picked up toilet paper for them. I've picked up other things for them because I figured out how to do it, timing it right, you know, talking to the stock people, figuring out when deliveries should be coming in. So Greasing I don't bombs. stand in front of, because I've seen this many times, I don't stand in front of a store before it opens up. I wait 10 minutes because when the locust has gone through, and cleared everything out. Ten minutes later, they restocked. So I got that routine down. <laughs> Except that didn't happen today. You know, today at the Kroger's today, when we went in there, uh, Nor- he says yesterday. This is the guy that's stacking the shelves. He says yesterday we got ten, ten. Um, what do they call the slats that they put them on? Mm-hmm. Pellets. Pellets. They got ten pellets of toilet paper in yesterday, and they were gone by seven thirty. Mm. They got two cases in today. That's it. I would have thought well, the panic the would have subsided by now. Happen in Target, Walmart, Meyer—they're all like that. Um, we hey. just have to uh, keep an eye out first thing in the morning. You know, like I said, wait about ten minutes to fifteen minutes after the stores initially open, especially Target. Hey, Ken, and, Ken, uh, I got to cut you off here. Day. Just Ken, Ken, got to cut. You wanted to make a comment because I have my my phone banks are now lit up. Um, you want to make a comment about uh, the churches uh, church closures? Yes, Let- I'm very uh, disappointed, uh, very upset actually, at all these uh, Christian churches that are uh, closing because they're complying with the government mandate such as in Michigan, and this has happened to a lot of the churches, even within my group. Oh, we can't have more than 50 people in the church, so we're going to shut down. Well, what I have to say about that is uh, I think too many of our pastors, too many of our church councils have forgotten who our boss is. And it's not the governor of Michigan. It's not the president of the United States. God's our boss. 
And if the government says to me, well, you can't have, well, I say, well, too bad. But my concern is comments I've had or received from pastors, well, I don't want to have a fine. Or, well, I don't want to go to jail. Well, that's all great, but then step uh, down. who's your boss? Yeah, I mean, I've always said if the government ever arrested me for doing something a pastor should do, I'll have a prison ministry. Thanks a lot for calling, Ken. My plan is this, and, and Ed, you and I have been in conversation quite, quite a lot this week about IT, reaching out using, using different... Uh, I had my Bible study on, online. Right, and, so, and, and that is what I'm going to do, is I'm going to prepare a, a, a lesson uh, on Saturday evenings and put it up on my Facebook, because most of my congregation is on Facebook and then I'm on my Facebook, and I'll do a lesson form on that, um, a, a service. But it's still lacking the fellowship, and we have to be honest about I'm very, that. I'm very disappointed in, in my church for... Uh, We'll be shut tomorrow. We shut down Wednesday night. My, I don't. I don't see. It. I think it's panic reaction. No. Uh, it's all oh, we're going to do what the government suge- governor suggests. We have a First Amendment right, freedom of association, freedom of religion, we, and somebody needs to make a stand. I'll probably be in trouble at yeah. church tomorrow. But hey, we're not no, having church tomorrow. Well, my, it doesn't matter. My mother church, which Pastor Max is the pastor over down in Newport, um, the elders got together and they did it for a different reason, and it had nothing to do with the government. The church pastor and the church pastor's wife are extremely elderly. They both have extreme underlying conditions, um, which is why he won't be joining us in studio for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, Because if he gets it, we know this would take Pastor Max Mm -hmm. home. And he's ready to go home. He said, I'm ready to go. Don't shut the church. But the elder says, no. That's voluntary wisdom. Yes. Uh, But this isn't shutting down because the government, as as Ken was saying, they weren't... not because they're in fear of the government. They could care less. Let the, let the government come after them as far as that goes. They're, that's the last church that would ever be worried about the government. But this is, this is a case of an instance is they have a very elderly congregation that they're very nervous about losing their, their pastor, even though the pastor's ready to go home, and the pastor's willing to do what a pastor does, and he's willing to feed his flock. He is not going to, uh, he, he is not, the eldership is not going to let that happen. Well, the thing about shutting churches on Easter is very depressing because that's one of the two days out of the year where the majority of Christians go to church. Yep. Hey, Dave, you're, uh, you want to talk about an alternative way to conduct a church service? Oh, yeah. Am I on, am I on there? You're on. Hello? You're on. Oh, Pastor, thanks for taking the call here. Um, I don't know what denomination everybody is. I'm Catholic. But I just, I've had a great thought, and that was... Um, you know, uh, and that is have uh, parking lot. We call them masses. Have parking lot um, get together masses. You know, and then um, you know, and you can listen to it either internet in your car or CB radio. And then when it times to go up to for communion, sure. each car goes up, and 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 the, and the pastor they will serve communion to each car. I, maybe that's an idea. You, you know, that, that's that, what that's what Dave, Schuler did. What's his name out? Robert yeah. Schuler in California let, started the drive-in church before let, he built the Crystal Cathedral. Let, let, let me think about this, Dave. You might have an idea here. Um, and, and, and first of all, I want to sit there and say I'm glad you're thinking about this because I, I, I have a lot of dear friends that are Roman Catholic, and I know how important it is for them to partake in the sacraments. And, and to be told they can't, that, that has to be devastating to you, isn't it? Uh, oh well, you. Know, I'm just you know I'm weighing up the true spiritual yes and no's here. 
and, and I'm not there yet. But, uh, you know, it's just like you say, I mean, the space is there because every, every congregation, there's enough to hold the cars for every congregation. So the math is the same. They just sit in their cars and they, you know, and they participate that way. And now, you see, this is why it got me excited because I have an FM transmitter that is, I can use for mm-hmm. within so many feet that I'm okay without needing, and I've got an FCC license on my own as a, as a broadcaster. But, uh, I've got a small FM transmitter that I could sit out in the parking lot and tell them to turn their FM station to whatever it is mm. and yeah. uh, do it there. And that is an idea. Dave, bless you, and thank you for that idea. You have a blessed day. Thank, thank you, guys. Uh, Galen. Babe? So, so hey, you're going to have to wait until after the music, dear. You're going to have to wait until after the music. Love you. <laughs> took turns of staring out the window at the darkness the boredom overtook us and he began to speak he said son i've made a life yep kenny rogers passed away 81 years old i loved his music i i took my uh, wife and mother-in-law and father-in-law to go see him we had some free tickets that were given away on some radio show and we got the free tickets and we got there and they had oversold the show so those that had the complimentary tickets couldn't get in so we took my my father-in-law and my mother-in-law up to a place where my father-in-law hated going which is downtown detroit mm. yeah so for for no reason boy did i make some brownie points on that day <laughs> so hey I'm, I'm talking speaking of my in-laws um my i just took the call from my wife and then the music came on and then i had to shut her down and i'm going to pay for that later a lot but uh hopefully she's still there you uh, honey I, I i didn't plan the music that way i just didn't Sure you did. I know you. You know women. They don't know how to watch a clock. Hey, now, what clock? I'm sitting here hiding in my mother's back bedroom so that I can, so that she can listen to the show and I can talk to you without the interference because I'm a, I'm a smart radio caller. I know you can't have the radio on in the same room. Well, you can, but it really makes things confusing. Confusing, sure confusing. Hey, you know what was interesting because I was listening. I know you guys were jibber jabbering while, uh, while that break was on, but I was actually listening to the break. And Cuomo says very proudly, New York has done more tests than anybody in the nation. Okay, think about this. We have a test shortage. New York is doing all of these tests. And the reason why is because human beings in New York are are packed together like sardines in cans on shelves, which is an unnatural state for human beings to be in. No wonder they need to do more testing there. You know, it's really ridiculous that people are living on top of each other, stacked up like cordwood, and they're going to pass the virus around. Kayleen, you mean packed all together like on a cruise ship of 3,500 people 
uh, and then quarantined together and then served by the same wait staff day after day after day, breathing the same air over and over and over, and then having a mortality rate of 0.002. In other words, 0.2%. Eight people died off that cruise ship, which was notorious for having other causes of illness, uh, the nor- norovirus and all that yep. stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah, norovirus is awful because people come back to work and they're touching your salads, man. Yeah, I'm and like, it was... Don't be, don't be buying salads. <laughs> all I'm saying is that the panic, the panic like this, when you have a lab experiment, a perfect, you know, control group like that, and, and the results are, this is not that. Right. Right. Hey, right. um... I was telling him about your friend who bought some toilet paper and went on the bus. And yeah, yeah, you know, and and my friend actually has two adult women, his wife, his adult daughter, and her son, his 11-year-old daughter, and their newborn daughter. So they, they've had kids like 10 years apart, and himself. He and his grandson and the dog are the only men in that house. And they haven't had toilet paper in like two weeks. Whoa. And he finally scored some toilet paper. He doesn't drive. He had to ride a bus. And former Marine, he's like, "Look, if you're feeling froggy, <laughs> you know." <laughs> but uh, but he was like, "Man, I don't want to fight you, but I will. Don't touch my stuff." Why well, this world's gone nuts? Willing to yes, fight over yeah. some toilet paper? Well, wait a minute here. I'm not done. This is really interesting. So I went. You know, we've been trying to score some toilet paper because we're trying to supply three or four households. And if we can get a case or two of toilet paper, big ones, then we can supply our friends who are on lockdown at Clark Tower. And, you know, we're, we're thinking about that, but we haven't been lucky enough to get our hands on any. So I go to the mire on Zebroad, and I walk towards the back because I'm trying to pick up some groceries for my mom who can't go out by herself anymore because, you know, with the virus and she's elderly. I'm back there talking to the lady who's stocking a shelf, and I said, so how are you guys handling this toilet paper shortage? And she snapped at me and almost bit my head off. There is no toilet paper shortage. When we opened the doors this morning, it was completely full. It's the hoarders coming in here and buying everything, and they're coming in every day. Mm-hmm. You yep. know? It's like the lady who gave me one who said she had 70, 70 packages. Um, Packages at home. Yeah, not rolls, packages. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so funny. It's, you know, it's the same thing as, as you telling me this morning that you watched a guy walking out with two cases of hand sanitizers, one yeah. on each shoulder. Cases. And the store allowed this. And, you know, here's the thing with the cases of sanitizer. Dude, if you're hoarding it, nobody is using it, which means that it's there to protect people from you, not you from them. <laughs> Right. You know, think about this. If you're using it, you're only protecting people from you. You're not protecting you from them. Right. Everybody needs to use it in order to not spread this crap. Hey, Galen, I, I love you, and i got to take the call, but I've got two more people waiting on the line. Have right. fun. Have fun. Say hi to Ma for me. All right. Bye. See you. Hey, Elizabeth. Bye. How you doing, Elizabeth? You, you have an idea for alternate way to conduct church service. I, I do. Actually, one of the churches that I have been attending, which is a Shema service, which meets on Saturday, during their live broadcast, they're actually doing a communion with people out in the wilderness, us people. Uh-huh. I actually have sat across from you, and I appreciate everything that you're doing. I love Wham for what they're doing anyway. 
So if you can, you know, like get yourself up on Zoom or whatever, you can actually have a communal communion with your flock. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Zoom because I was late getting out of the office last night and the janitor came in, who I know, and we started talking. And out of the clear blue, he must have seen something on my desk and he said, you know, our our church had uh, uh, its service on Zoom. And I I had no idea he was a Christian. We had a little bit of fellowship over that. You know, mm-hmm. we I talked about how we were using free conference call. I'll have to talk to you later right. about Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yes, it's it's a free service that a lot of people, I don't know if you know Dick Manasseri, who is, you know, a big uh, Sharia person. Mm-hmm. He's been using Zoom. It's a free service that you can use. So. But a lot of the services are getting overwhelmed. Um, Skype, Microsoft yeah. Teams, the Facebook. bandwidth. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting overwhelmed. Yeah. Our audio quality was choppy, and we couldn't do video at all because I couldn't, of the, I couldn't last week on yeah. the service I normally use. So I'm going to try maybe a Saturday night, and ho- hopefully it's not as bad. Hey, Elizabeth, right. always. And we need to do home churches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. talking to a pastor who invited me to his limited service. They're going to have less than 10. And right. uh, I'm gonna, my wife and I have part of that. They invited us as his friend to be part of that group. But um, he said, you know, I thought, he says, I thought the day would come where we would have to go underground with the church. He says, we right, need to look at this as practice. Last Sunday, I saw my friend Martin Church come in in the back of our church on Sunday morning. He's normally in my Bible study on Wednesday night. He was in the back of the church with a friend of his. And I said, oh, the Catholics closed their church down. That's no Mass Sunday. I said, no. So he came in on you know to our church. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Elizabeth. Always love hearing from you. You have a blessed day. We have Joe. Government mandated shutdowns during coronavirus. Let me ask you, Joe, before you get into your point, are you part of the craziness or are you observing the craziness? Oh no. Yeah, I'm just observing. I I told my toilet paper story last week, so I'm certainly not gonna repeat it. And I appreciate but, uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> who who would have known, though, that I was way ahead of the curve? Because I've been social distancing for decades. I, Joe, 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 it's the other way Joe, around. you didn't have a choice in that matter. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, it's the other way around. We just didn't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, you know you got to practice social distancing from Ed and Phil because <laughs> even without a virus care, you never know what you'll get from those two. Yeah, I do, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but, you know, we <laughs> looks like we're going to have to get together and pull an intervention. You know, we're going to have to get some vigilantes and go around to these stores and collect some toilet paper <laughs> and then take them around to the people that can't get in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's a ministry. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you're attempting to do, right? Yeah. Uh, we have... We have people that can't get stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just you, delivered you met, it to you a met my congregation. Yeah, you met right. the people in my congregation. You know, may I inter- interject something here? We talk about people who can't go to church, and I was thinking about it. I couldn't go to the Big Sky for diner. Uh huh. And I was just thought last night of all the guys I know that the older people that go there and they sit by themselves because they've lost a spouse. And they go there for they go there for a sense of fellowship at the diner. They know mm-hmm. the waitresses. Yeah. They go there for something to eat. Heck, maybe they can't even cook for themselves. I'm gonna just cut you. Just I'm going to let go you ahead. finish that thought. No, I didn't. No, okay. Because the longer you talk, the longer you're going to keep your wife and your son, who are both online, who want to call. <laughs> um, well, but seriously, guys, uh, I wanted to inject 
a little humor at first because, you know, of the craziness, and we got to right. try to keep our sense of humor. But I, I, you've seen my Facebook post. I was hoping a lawyer would step up and help me sue Whitmer. But New Hampshire details are still sketchy, but someone is finally stepping up and suing for our freedom of association and right to assemble Good. rights and mm. to get some of these places open because, I mean, the... Even the drive-in theater, many states to drive-in theaters, there's no reason to close down a drive-in theater that could be open. Yeah, I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm really surprised, surprised, especially if it's a Democrat society, that they're shutting down the drive-in. Drive-in theaters is what keeps Planned Parenthood in business. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, that was but, funny. I mean, Republicans <laughs> can do it the right way, and we have been. We can suggest all we like, and people voluntarily decide to comply or not. But states like New York and California and New Jersey and Connecticut and the Democrat mayor in New Orleans trying to confiscate guns over this now, of course, way overboard unconstitutional orders have to be challenged. We cannot put up with this. Thanks, Joe. You saved me. Joe? Joe, thanks a lot. i got to take a few other calls here because if if I ignore Sherry... Ed will pay for it later. <laughs> so we'll be back after these messages. <laughs> wife calling day. What's your wife right. calling, Phil? Yeah. How you she doing, did. Sherry? And I and I do. Right. I, How are you guys? I'm yes, doing dear. good. And I have to first of all give you my condolences because, well, I know your husband. And, uh, <laughs> He's a wonderful husband. I love him very much. I'm I'm bringing the diamond home with me, dear. <laughs> I have enough. Thank you. Anyway. Could you think of any better way for Satan to try and get in and destroy Christianity? He has caused terror to just cover the world. Yep. And he's, it's up to us as Christians to battle this as spiritual warfare. We need to be on our knees. We need to be praying and asking God to intervene and take care of the whole situation because we will not. Let the evil one be the winner. You know, and the I, terrorist, what we've had in the past is nothing compared to what this terrorist is trying to do to us now. Well, I rebuke Satan in Jesus' name. Yes, dear. Amen. You know, and thanks for, thanks for calling, Sherry. She brings up Thank a very you. interesting point here, because I, I, Ed, you know I put up Pastor Max. He does a thing on Genesis mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's good. once or twice a week, and it's a study on Genesis, and we got some of the sound problems on fixed on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. We actually had a man from Turkey who's Islam who watched it, and he was having a meeting at their, at their uh, mosque. And he watched it, and he had people coming in watching this. And he, he, he messages to me, he says, good job, son, Get, getting this out. Um, we've, we've had atheists watching it and, and asking questions about salvation. So one thing that is happening in this, where normally when Satan attacks the church from the outside, the church starts getting stronger. Yeah, exactly. I, I am seeing this spiritual hunger in this world actually take an effect on the people to where they're searching for God. So every time Satan tries something like this, people do hunger. A dear friend of uh, the three of us, who, who is a, uh, an atheist, an admitted atheist, he calls up and he says, Rick, this is straight out of... Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it the way he did, and I'm going to correct him, but I know what he was saying. He says, this is straight out of the book of Revelations. Okay, folks, you want to get my like fingers on a scratchboard. Call the book it's of Revelations. 
Call it call <laughs> book of Revelation. Book of Revelations. It's one revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. But on that point, he calls up and says, this is straight out of Revelations. And I says, okay, if you can see this as an atheist, yeah. why aren't you on your knees? And he says, it's well, amazing. that sounds like a rather pastoral thing to say. <laughs> you know? but, but he could see it. And we talked about the prophecies of the Bible. This is a prophecy, uh, the pestilences in the end time. And you have the great falling of the way of the church. What We don't know exactly. We always just assume that's going to be just everyone spiritually falling away. We have churches volunteering around the world to shut their doors. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's disappointing. It's, yeah. it's, it's totally, uh, yeah. So, um, so as much as I sit there and I, I want to feed and take care of my flock, I see the spiritual hunger growing in the world today and and that even means more that us christians have to find a reach a way to reach out and, and close that social distance even if we don't close the i mean we can keep physical distance but close that social distance to where we can give the gospel of jesus christ to these people that are hungry mm-hmm. because when you have a guy in a mosque showing someone a lesson on the book of genesis from a pastor where i give a, a salvation message at the end and when i give the salvation message he says good job son you know and he's in turkey this is remarkable. When somebody is on the edge and they realize they need Jesus in their lives, where do they typically go? They go to a church. And when the doors are closed when they should be open, that's one disappointed person. Hey, <clears throat> Ed's son Scott is on the line. Oh, wow. How you doing, Scott? Hey, I'm doing well. How are, how, how's everybody doing today? Great. Well, I am so good. <laughs> Vitamins should be taking you. Vitamins should be taking me. Good job there, Ed. Boy, Phil, like, where were it's you? kind of like the news you need to know, only yeah. you don't need to know exactly. it anymore. Yeah. So. Wrong radio show. <laughs> um, you have a comment, Scott? Scott's calling from oh, yeah, Connecticut. I love, what, what, yeah, what, a, what part of Connecticut? I'm I, I, live in, uh, I live in Hagenham, Connecticut, but I'm stationed on the, uh, the submarine base in Groton. Oh, very and, good. Uh, just kind of sitting here watching, uh, sitting here drinking a Verner's, watching everything unravel around me. And uh-huh. uh, a couple things I want to say. First, as uh, a member of the population that's susceptible in the higher risk category, I want to say that I've made the decision to pull myself out of everything social. I go to work because I have to. Um, but I make the decision to stay home for my own benefit. Um I urge people to turn off the TVs, turn off the news. If you want to know what's going on, watch when the when the administration itself puts information out, not the 23 and a half hours of rhetoric. Stay off Facebook. Stay off all the fake media. Stop feeding um, yourself coronavirus 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Got and it. Good advice. If, if, you ha- if you have to go out, be kind to the people that have to be at work. Be kind to your police, your first responders, the people, uh, your nurses, your doctors, your military, the people that are working at Walmart, Stop and Shop, Myers. Those are the people that are there to provide you a service that you need right now. Don't argue with them. Don't be a jerk to them. Right. Be respectful for them because they're performing a service for you because they have to. So very, very good point. You know what? When I was when I was at Kroger's today, every one of those workers had a smile on their face, and they looked like they they were happy to be there and happy to be a service. 
And, and, and one lady came up and she even helped me because I can't, those bags, you have a hard time getting those bags open so you can put the next thing in it. She was right there licking her fingers, <laughs> opening up my bag. <laughs> um, but she, she was being helpful. Um, Hey Scott! And, uh, now Scott, you you bring you work on the sub base. I was going to say he belongs to a group that often self quarantines. Yeah, but I want to <laughs> know how months. they do. I want to know how they do social distancing on a sub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, in reality, you don't. Um, I can't speak as a member of the military um, because I don't. I can't officially represent the military on the radio. Right. Um, but what I can tell you is that we are taking every precaution possible. To help spread the uh, to help prevent the spread of the virus. Oh, I'm glad um, you fix that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately, that's all I can say. All right, hey, Ed, hey. I got a, I got another caller. God bless you. Hey, all right, I want to say one more thing to all Scott. Right. And this virus is like the military. It's where they tell you your pass has been canceled. Yep. We're out of TP. Sorry, you can't go to that club. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was supposed to be home visiting you guys here in about two and a half weeks. And yeah. unfortunately, as we know, I won't be there because yeah. of this. Yep. God love hey. you, Scott. God we'll keep you, Scott. you in prayer. Thanks. And nice talking to you. Nice meeting you on, on the radio here. Please, Elaine. Please take care. Elaine, you have an alternate way. I, you know, First of all, before you, we get into the alternate way of conducting church services, which I love these ideas that I'm getting. Um, Elaine, are you part of the craziness or are you observing the craziness? Well, I think we've learned over the past several years that uh, the media is a deceiver, and we are not to follow unrighteous actions. We are to not obey what is not of God. And so God reminds us to honor the Sabbath, honor the laws of God and not of men, and don't forsake the assembling of ourselves. Right. So we have, I was thinking... um, we are at fault because we're allowing and following. We have to not comply with this. This is not of God or the Constitution. The representatives or non-representatives are lying about the oath they took to the Constitution and to God when they signed in, so they are not legitimate. Right. So my suggestion of gathering while we're rejecting or nullifying their laws is to study the Bible, in a group of 10 on the sidewalk or on their property outside, gather together outside in groups of 10 in your neighborhoods, and also, besides studying the Bible, have constitution study also. Okay. In, yep. different, in different, you know, one day on the Sabbath to study the Bible, and another maybe Wednesday to study the Constitution. I like that. Yeah, I like that. You see, now, where I do my services, it's kind of like a plant church. Uh, Phil, you've been to it a few times. It's a senior center, um, and uh, of course, they have a, they have a little bit more, um, yeah. or a little less latitude of what they do because of government mandate, so they pretty much shut down all visitors going in and out, and they pretty much have the building on a lockdown, even the people in it. So I've got to find a way to reach them in their units yeah. um, because they won't let them come out because that makes, if they come out, then that makes them uh, take a chance of taking something back into the other seniors. So they, they really tied my hand. So I have to find a way to reach them in their units. Well, maybe somebody could be appointed inside who has your voice inside. You know, that'd be wonderful. But here, catch this, Elaine. They can't even go from one one room to another. Uh, yes, but maybe calling on the phone or and, and and that might be the way and so i actually have people in there getting uh getting members of my congregation set up with the ipads 
and uh, with Facebook on it. It's the problem I have with these electronics is what's been given to us is easily removed from us. And so I'm going back to the basics of paper, and yeah. because if we don't take it back, we are slaves. Right now, I'm, I'm going to use what's there and available yeah. right now to reach them, and I understand what you're saying. We can lose the Internet tomorrow. They can shut Thank that down. Thank you for being there, Wham, and, and you, and uh, all the brave people that we need to follow and stand up. It, no, and, and Elaine's right. What, what's given to us can, by the government can be mm-hmm. taken away. We can lose our internet immediately. It, uh, yeah. I have a choice right now, and don't hang up, Elaine. Um, I have a choice right now that I can use Facebook or I can use uh, social media to reach my congregation, but that may not be the answer for tomorrow. They could shut that down immediately. Right. I didn't have it last week because it was so overwhelmed. Right. Yeah. So we, you're right. We've got to... F- in some cases, there may not be a clear-cut answer as of yet. But you know what? God will provide the answer eventually. When it's absolutely the most right. necessary, God will provide that answer on how to deal with that issue. I think right now, and I said this at the beginning of the show, pastors have got to find a way to do what pastors do, and that is to feed their flocks. They have got to find a way. And I want to thank you, Elaine, for calling up and giving an idea. And um, I want you to have a blessed day. I really do. Well, you got done just in time. I, I guess I did. You got radio, uh, hey, radio skills. Love you all. Thanks for the great calls. We'll continue the, basically along the same lines of the conversation next week. We'll take a lot more of your calls, and I'll even let uh, Phil speak next week. <laughs> <laughs> you all have a blessed day. Bye. been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your hosts pastor richard Dietering and phil starchel be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 